All right, I got my coffee here, sitting down in my basement, decided to do this one from home today. Uh, after going over uh, the topic yesterday, wanted to, I was listening to it again and realizing that on that last verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, I just kind of blew by it. And it's one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. God made him who had no sin to become sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It's so powerful. It's so big. You can't blow by that. So today we're talking about righteousness. This is Topic Tuesday on God Talk with Zach. Okay, so on Topic Tuesday, talking about righteousness, God made him who had no sin to become sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So we got this topic of righteousness, and it's a huge topic in the Bible. And I think it begs the question, who is righteous? Uh, tons of verses, I think hundreds of verses on this very topic, whether it's righteous, righteousness. Uh, you'll find a lot of them in Psalms, a lot of the verses in Proverbs. So who is righteous? I think the automatic there is God. So we know that God when it comes to, to being righteous, we have uh, him definitely being the number one righteous. But is, is anyone else righteous? So when we read it through this in the Psalms and the Proverbs, it addresses often those who are righteous and those who are unrighteous or wicked. And so there's clear, clearly two distinct teams. And we want to make sure that we are on the right team. So the right team being God's team, the righteous. Why is this important? In Habakkuk 1.13, it says that God's eyes are too pure to look on evil. So that's one thing. And then on 1 John 1.5, it says that God is light and in him there is no unrighteousness. There is no darkness. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. And another thing that we know is that from the very beginning, because of our, our buddy Adam in the Garden of Eden, he separated himself from God uh, by choosing the fruit over choosing obedience to God. Okay, and in Isaiah 59, 2, it discusses how we are separated from God. It says that uh, our sins have separated us from God. And in Romans three twenty three, it also talks about how all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so we got a clear problem here. And this is how my mind works. I have a problem. I know that I have sin. And if I have sin, I'm apart from God or separated from God, according to the, what the Bible says. And so I'm on the losing team when I want to be on the winning team. I'm apart from God when I want to be with God. Okay, so the obvious question is, how many good things do I need to do in order to be good, according to God? How, what's the number? Well, when do I cross that line of being unrighteous into the righteousness? Is there a number? Is there a way? And good news for you, friends, is that there's there's no way. There's zero ways. There's not. There, you could do an uh, immeasurable amount of good things in your life for years and years and years, and you will never, ever achieve that status on your own, ever. And that's the good news. You can't do enough good things to make yourself right with God, ever. And you're asking, why is that good news? Because God already solved it. God, God figured it out. He had a plan from the very beginning. Ever since 
Adam sinned in the garden. He had a plan of redemption from the beginning of time. He knew what was going to happen. And that's the good news. In James 2.10, it says, For he who keeps the whole law, yet stumbles at just one part, is guilty of breaking all of it. So it doesn't matter how many good things that we do, because the moment we do one bad thing, it erases all of the good things that we do, because God sees that sin, and he can no longer be with us, because in him there is no darkness at all. So praise be to God that he sent Jesus. God made him who had no sin to become sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It has nothing to do with what we did, or what we do. It has everything to do with who Jesus is, that he was the righteous one that came, he lived a perfect sinless life, and he, he was not guilty of any crime, and he, and he did not have to go to the cross. He chose to go to the cross for you and for me, to die for the sins of the world, the Lamb of God slain for you and me. There's nothing that we could have done to repair our relationship on our own with God. But Jesus did it all for us. In 1 Peter 3.18 it says, For Christ died for sin once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring us to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit. So that in that same principle, we are also made alive through the resurrection of Jesus. Because he was the Lamb of God that came for us. It's very consistent throughout the whole Bible. You go back to Exodus, it talks about how the Israelites, uh, when, when God was duking it out with Pharaoh and trying to get Pharaoh to free the Israelites and let them go, uh, God told, this was uh, one of the last plagues, I guess, well, not plague, but last thing, last before the uh, actual exodus, when God told Pharaoh to let his people go, and Pharaoh said no. God says, well, I'm going to send uh, an angel of death, and I'm going to kill the firstborn of all who don't have the blood of the Lamb on the doorpost. So he said, I want everyone to kill an unblemished lamb, to slaughter an unblemished lamb and take the blood of that lamb and put it on the outside of your doorframe. And so all of the Israelites did that. And when God came by that night and the spirit of death or the angel of death came by, uh, and he passed over all of the houses with the blood of the lamb, but all of the houses that didn't have that blood of the lamb, all the firstborn uh, of that family, was killed. And so very consistent. We take that principle or that story and we tie it into the new Testament where Jesus was the lamb of God. And without the blood of the lamb, we are without hope, but because of the blood of the lamb, we have hope and we have righteousness in Jesus. It's only in him that we have righteousness. And it's because of him that we have righteousness, no amount of good things that we do in our lifetime could ever achieve what he achieved on the cross from the blood of the Lamb. God made him who had no sin to become sin for us so that in Jesus we might become the righteousness of God. So take heart and put your hope in Jesus because that's the only way you're going to be on the right team, uh, on God's team of the righteous. And so I leave you with that today. Praise God and give him thanksgiving that he did it for you because there's nothing that we could have done. So hope you have a wonderful, wonderful Tuesday. That was Topical Tuesday on Righteousness. Signing off. We'll see you tomorrow.